Welcome to the Political R&D Podcast. After you finish listening, we would really appreciate it if you gave us a rating on iTunes and Google Play to help other listeners find our show. We are taking Political R&D to the next level. Our programming will now include more frequent podcasts, including interviews that challenge and inform. We're also bringing new writers to cover the politics in everything. Please consider becoming a patron. Your support will help us improve, increase, and pay for the content you enjoy. You can find us on Patreon at PoliticalRND or link through our website at politicalrnd.ca. Now, let's get political. Welcome back to Political R&D. I'm Deirdre Mitchell-McLean. And I'm Mark. <laughs> One more time. Sure. No, just your part. Oh. <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 yeah. Just go and start over again and I'll just... Welcome back to Political R&D. I'm Deirdre Mitchell-McLean. And I'm Mark Taylor. Hopefully the, my, my internet lasts longer than the first 30 seconds. Right? We, we actually had a chat for like 20 minutes almost <laughs> before the internet died as we hit record. <laughs> well, today's episode is called, We Don't Need Another Keyboard Hero. This is Mark's baby. Yeah. Slacktivism. Well, slacktivism. <laughs> I, yeah, I'm not a fan of slacktivism. Um, it's... <laughs> And it seems to every so often rear its its head again, and uh, yeah, just I I am a huge supporter and advocate for if you are a activist in social justice issues, Black Lives Matter, um, the the Green Line, you're doing stuff for those things. You know, two big thumbs up for for me. If you're in political organizing or parties or something like that, big thumbs up for me there's a there's a lot to tear apart on this so yeah so instead of railing on uh on railing on political parties we're gonna rail on average people yeah the twitterati (laughs) well and people who um which i i told you i warned you i was going to do this i feel like a bit of a slacktivist myself i spend Uh, my i spend my time mostly on the computer in a different manner and i wouldn't put <laughs> i wouldn't put what you do as slacktivism because there are ways of doing um activism through information okay so, so i mean i was just listening to the the new abnormals podcast here from this week uh and they were interviewing the um the founder of i believe it's sleeping giants and they, so the, it became an odd, like it started with him just kind of sending a couple of emails uh, and then moved into a much more larger community. And now, and part of the story he talks about is like now Brazil has actually got a larger community than what they've got in the United States. Like in three weeks, their membership grew faster than four years in the US. But 
it, it's very much what you would say you're doing as a as a pundit, as a podcaster, as somebody who is going through information, disseminating what's going on, getting it out to the public so that action can be taken. Okay. So so that's so that I get a pass. Is, yeah, I would give you a pass, <laughs> uh, much like you know, uh, you know, maybe the media isn't quite the same uh, bar, but. There, there's, there's efforts being put in. And so, you know, if you're educating the masses how things work or, you know, like you're diving into Bill 1 or Bill 22 or, mm. um, you know, structures, <laughs> stuff like that, um, that that's something pe- the average bearer isn't doing. That's true. And so your, your level of activism, I would not call slacktivism. And if anybody doesn't know what slacktivism is, hit pause, go to Wikipedia, <laughs> Put it in there, spelt with slack at the beginning, uh, and then shame yourself. Uh, spend two minutes in the penalty box. You feel shame. Um, but the, and that's a slap shot reference for those, you know, we're already, we're already, we started with Mad Max beyond Thunderdome, so I might as well throw in slap shot. We'll get all the 80s films in there as well as the, the what? Um, the, that's where, there's a difference between activists and slacktivists. So activists are in some way trying to incite some sort of activity. So the sleeping giants, as they talked about, was they were contacting um, advertisers going, did you know that your brand is being associated with the Confederate flag? Right. And so when they started finding, because they, and they get into the nuances, and I would just say recommend go listen to it, but it was basically you used to buy ads on particular TV shows or with particular, so that your brand would be associated with that. But then when the internet advertising came in, now anybody could get it. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, I'll take Google ads. And so somebody just says, I want a Google ad. And somebody says, I will take money for Google ads. And I have this many eyeballs. You know, you start asking uh, companies, it's like, do you want to associate with this? Right. And so that was where Sleeping Giants came from is that they did the research. Mm-hmm. And then they contacted people and said, does this, does this match what you want to do? Right. Okay. So for it, it was basically their brand imaging, brand awareness. Yeah. Is this where you want to be? Right. Okay. So when they, and I, I think I remember when, uh, oh, the rebel was really in some crap there. What Charlotte after Charlotte? Probably. That's, that's one of the one of the many times that the rebel was in shit. True, true. But that's when I that's when I started to see sleeping giants pop up uh, in Canada. That makes so sense. So a couple of years ago now, yeah. Yeah, they they've really started to I guess network out. Well, that's from, good from the original guys because the community kept growing because there needs to be an awareness. Like brands need to be aware who they're advertising with. Yeah. Absolutely. And that's, and like you said, again, with the internet, the advent of the internet and what Google puts together is we'll put your ad wherever people are really getting a lot of views, whatever websites are. And I mean, that's what you pay for, right? You pay for eyeballs, but in the end it comes back to, do you want to be associated with this? Yeah. It's whose eyeballs are looking at it. Yeah. And, and that's now the new, starting to become the new question that people are getting is, um, is, it, is it any eyeballs you want or do you want specific eyeballs? 
Mm-hmm. And, and are you okay? And are you okay with those eyeballs looking at you? Like, you know, if you've got and associating racist, you with that brand. Yeah, if you got racist, homophobic, uh, sexist um, materials right next to your ad, does that work for you? Yeah. And if you, and if it does, fill your boots. <laughs> right. But because because if that, if that doesn't impact your business or that's actually who you want, you know, it's you know it's Bubba's house of sheets and you get put up with the Confederate flag, you might be okay with that. Yeah, and we've seen the same thing even with, uh, you know, radio and television, where I think it was Fox News was funny. Who was it? Uh, People were asking that their ads not be run during Hannity's. Yeah, and that's actually, and that's, that's right now Sleeping Giant's number one target. Ah, okay. So again, different from slacktivists, even though they're working on the internet. So that doesn't necessarily preclude someone from being <laughs> a useful activist. Well, well, I guess really it comes down to the activity. You know, there's activism involves some sort of activity. So mm-hmm. again, Sleeping Giants, research, document the, uh, document the, the error, and mm-hmm. then contact the company. Right. And that's, that's, that's the big one where slacktivists fall down is that there, there is very little activity. And, and I mean, the best way to describe it are, you know, did you get one of those silicone uh, wristbands? For what? Pick your cause. <laughs> oh, for anything? Yeah, <laughs> okay. it doesn't matter. Live strong, blah, blah, yes. humble, Matt, like home not strong. Not that I'm saying that. But wasn't some know, of that any- money going towards testicular cancer research so, you know to live strong if if you're spending five dollars on a silicone band the company had to go and buy first rather than just which, donating five dollars the five bucks <laughs> like, and that's the difference is that you know i i walk around with my yellow wristband live strong i you know prostate cancer i'm i'm against prostate cancer look at my it's like really that's that's your level of activism is that you've got a wristband. It's like, sorry, uh, you don't get a pass for that. Because okay. like I said, you could have put five bucks in. You don't need to be heralded as this hero because you've got a wristband. <laughs> Gauntlet thrown. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, and I, and I see this from the political side of things more than anything else. So, I mean, this is where, like right now, we're talking more uh, social justice, you know, there's plenty of social justice warriors out there that are, uh, you know, they, they're on the keyboards just as much, but, um, I would rather not know you donated $5 or a hundred dollars and just go vote your day because that was the right thing to do versus, um, you've got to run around with a wristband saying how wonderful you are as a human being. Mm. Because I, because I look at those and go, you're, you just don't get it. It's like, Okay. Let's also talk about some of those uh, successful things that in a way don't take too much. Um, There was one, uh, Jason Kenney's birthday. (laughs) Do you remember? Like (laughs) it was recent, but there were a bunch of people going, Jason Kenney for your birthday. I'm donating to the NDP. It was, it, it was a, it was, it was kind it was cheeky. And it seemed to work. I don't even, I think they raised almost 10 grand off of that. 
Well, we'll find out soon enough. Uh, the reports are out in mid-July. But um, the- I assume, I assume Rachel Notley's birthday will be very similar. Oh yeah, but I mean, I'm sure conservatives <laughs> will donate. To, but again, donation is part of the, you know- they It's an action. In, yeah, it's an action. I put into this cause with no intention of getting anything back. You didn't, <laughs> you, you didn't see, you know, people running around. Like they, they posted on Twitter. It's like, hey, I donated. Just, just to kind of grind some salt into things, but the action had already occurred. Okay. There was, there was no, there wasn't even a call to action by the NDP, at least that I'm aware of, saying, "Hey, for Jason's Kenny, Kenny's um, birthday, donate to us." Like that, that didn't happen. That would have seemed crass, actually. Yeah, but the organic, the organic. Now, you know, this is where Twitter can be useful. Is that? Hey, I donated 25 bucks to the NDP because it's Jason Kennedy's birthday. I wanted to grind some salt into him. This is how I did it. I encourage you to do the same. That's, that's activism with an A. All for action. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I'm encouraging others to do that. I remember um, Donald, who we had on the... Uh, mm-hmm. uh, on the remember Long O. Donald. Yeah. Donald. <laughs> social distancing he's got to find me first hey i screwed up uh, Kristen's whole name so <laughs> don't donald had, had before the last election challenged people it's like because there was a bunch of stuff going on on twitter and he's like donate and i'll match oh that's right yeah i remember him doing that and and i took that and i said not only that if you donate to the alberta party because i was with the alberta party at the time i will match up to and you know what <laughs> <laughs> there was a lot of people who shared that tweet, but I saw the fundraising dollars that day and Mark didn't have to put a whole lot of money in. So, oh, okay. Yeah. And I'm sure Donald's Matt Donald's Donald's <laughs> matching was uh, probably more to the NDP that day than it was to the Albert party. Yeah, probably. Okay. So where are your examples? And I know there's a few that are going to come up immediately. <laughs> Your examples of the slacktivism that isn't a call for action, that isn't going to go anywhere. And actually, I'm going to give you one for 2015. Sure. George Clark. Oh, the coup d'etat. Yes. (laughs) The coup d'etat. Now, that actually, it was a call to action. Yeah. He received thousands of signatures. He, he had people going out across the province getting these signatures. The problem was he didn't know what he was talking about. Well, this is where, you know, some of these actions need to be thought out a little. So, <laughs> you know. It's, the, it's still the, a good segue to the one you're going to use. <laughs> well, I forgot about it until you mentioned it. And I'm yeah. like, right. Um, <laughs> Yeah. So, I mean, like, and we did on Twitter have a situation where somebody was like, if I set up a GoFundMe page so I can go and get signatures and then tell the Lieutenant Governor of Alberta to fire Jason Kenney, will you back me? And there were like a bunch of people retweeted it and stuff like this. And then like eventually one person pointed out, goes, that's not how this works. Yeah. (laughs) Well, quit. And then of course, then there's a whole fight. Why are you being so negative? What are we? And it's just like, well, your first part of action is, is do the research, much like you do your research for the podcast. If you're going to go do a call to action, make sure it's a call of action that actually can accomplish what you're trying to achieve. And, and that, that was a fall down because it's like, 
you know, the, uh, the, the individual, and I'm not going to besmirch him because at least he was trying to do something. You know, there's, there's inaction, there's action in the wrong direction, and then there's actual positive action. I will still give the person who didn't know what he was doing, running around in circles, still doing more than, than the, uh, the keyboard warriors who, and this, this is one of the things that came up the whole Black Lives Matter things. It's like, you know what, if you're down at the protest, if you're getting tear gas, if you're there, you're doing an activity. Yeah. If you changed your avatar to all black for a day, what did you do? What, what did you actually accomplish? Did, you know, if there's a systemic problem in the society, changing your avatar on Facebook for, for a day didn't do a damn thing. And, and that's where I have the issue. It's like, oh, we put a Twitter, Twitter ribbon on our uh, profile. Who cares? Like, mm-hmm. did you donate to the cause? Like, did somebody actually, did, if you didn't go down to one of the rallies, did you donate to the uh, Black Lives Matter? Because they're an organization. Antifa's mm-hmm. not, but Black Lives Matter is. <laughs> so there was a fantastic one where they talked about, let's black out the New York Times bestseller list. And when they said that, it was go buy books from black authors. Right. That's how we're going to black out something. Not let's change our avatar. Yes. So go buy a book for 20 bucks or $25. Yeah. You don't even, you don't even have to go to the library. You can just download an audible or whatever that, that they measure for that. Get the volume. Up. Yeah, no, that's, that's true. It's okay. Because like, and what, what triggered me on all this, which is where this whole thing came from was the latest Twitter hashtag fire the UCP. Mm-hmm. Who, who's firing the UCP? Who's firing the UCP into, a, you know, year two of a four-year mandate? Like, it, it was such an idiotic hashtag because there's, there's no mechanism to fire. We're actually waiting for the UCP to put in legislation so we can do recall, which <laughs> they haven't put in yet. So they haven't even given us the mechanism so that we could go and fire the UCP. Yeah. And, and, and so everyone's like, I, I threw some tweets out you know, some of them were critical of what the, the UCP is doing, particularly Devinder Kaur, and somebody, you know, grabbed it and goes, hashtag, fire the UCP. Oh, I, <laughs> you can't fire them. There's no, there's no grounds for firing them. There's no mechanism to fire them. Mm-hmm. So it was just, it's this stupid hashtag that's running around the internet and, and now, accomplished nothing. You see that a lot in the States. It's this assumption, well, okay, and in this case, it might actually be true, but the whole get this hashtag trending because it will piss off Donald Trump if Obama is trending. That, yes and no. I mean, <laughs> it, it, I know, mean, I well, to I, me, I, the, the fire the UCP hashtag, there's, because nothing else could have been done from it. Right. It so, just kind of seemed like a, hey, if this gets trending. So, so there was a ton of that because oh, um, Trump's birthday was Sunday, apparently, allegedly, whatever. Um, and so the, the Twitter audi, tw- Twitter audi uh, decided that we should have Obama Day. You know, let's celebrate Obama Day. So that, that was the whole point of this. Let's get under Trump's skin. You know what gets under Trump's skin? The Lincoln Project. They're really good at it. You know what they do? 
they fundraise, they put ads out, then they put them on Twitter, and they buy TV time when when Trump is watching TV. Right. And <laughs> they're and they're they the ones are, who are asking yeah. for Sean Hannity hour. Yeah. So there's no like Trump didn't lose his shit this week because um, people were were calling up Obama. That's that's like an old game now. Yeah. Like, like the, the crew over the Lincoln project have got it figured out. They know how it's like, we're going to spend $5,000 and put it on the channels. We know he watches. And then we're just going to reap all these funds because he loses his mind for three days. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That had, that had a, that had an action. It had a result. There's, there's, I guess the thing that the slacktivists are missing out on is what is the result that you're trying to achieve and can you achieve it? Yeah. So, so you mean you look at what the Lincoln project does. It's a bunch of Republican strategists who refuse to support Trump. You know, they're, they're the hashtag never Trump. Right. But they just aren't sharing a hashtag around the internet. They have gotten together. They've put the collective skill sets together. They have gone and understood and researched what drives Trump nuts. Mm -hmm. Then they went and put ads together, more action, put them on TV, found out from their networks when he watches TV so they can maximize their dollars. For the morning in America, they bought $5,000 worth of ad time. From that, <laughs> in, and then they rented the space in Trump's head for three days for free. Yes. Because he was losing his mind, name calling the Lincoln guys six ways from Sunday, kept bringing them up. And... And meanwhile, every time that happened, people kept donating to the Lincoln Project. So the Lincoln Project's like, it's, it's a self-fulfilling um, system now. And so I'm, I'm waiting to see, you know, what happens next, because they, they're just going to spend the rest of this election period calling Trump out on everything. But mm -hmm. they're actually doing things and reaping the money from it. So their activity is generating the, the interest they want. Slacktivists, you know, oh, we're just going to create a hashtag and Donald Trump will get upset. Not really. Mm -hmm. it it, it, I mean, even for the, the 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 biggest troll on on Twitter right now, that still wasn't enough to get him active. So, right. And even if they do, because the result, the result that you are looking for, and even if it is, you know, this will make Trump, I don't know, feel bad. Um, what does that result accomplish for you? Like, essentially, you're just turning around and saying, well, I want to bully Trump because I feel bullied by Trump. It, there's, there's nothing. What's the end goal? There's nothing tangible to be gained from that. Right. Because, because at the end of the day, the slacktivists are, you know, it's the laziest type of activism there is. And you, you, you know, I bought a wristband, which makes me feel good. And I get to brag to everybody about how awesome I am. Well, that's your end goal. But how did that, you know, pick your charity? How did that help them pick your political party? How did that help them? It really doesn't. So, you know, at the end of the day, it's like, if you want to get involved with the cause, get involved with the cause, go, you know, go to their events, work, volunteer for whatever they're doing, um, help fundraise in that capacity. If you want, if you want to fire the UCP, then actually do things that will result in the UCP being fired in 2023, which, you know, if you're a political party, political party is the only way to go at that point. So pick, pick the NDP, pick the Alberta party, pick the liberals, pick the wild rose 
independent party. It doesn't matter. Pick one, give them some money, or more importantly, go help them organize. Mm-hmm. Because, because the UCP is, is good at this. So <laughs> just, uh, but we have a hashtag. I mean, the, the running joke has been, had, if the Alberta, if Twitter decided elections, the Alberta party would have formed government in 2015. Right. And then again in 2019. <laughs> because there's a ton of people who love the Alberta party on Twitter. But, mm-hmm. you know, the, to actually go out and door knock and to fundraise and to do all the things that were actually required to win elections, they weren't prepared to do. Right. And this was something that we kind of, I had kind of brought up when we were first talking about doing this episode. And this is where I think that people can get kind of confused. I'm having trouble. Uh, (laughs) Apparently that's being edited out. Yeah. uh, Where people, not naturally, but innocently, where people innocently misunderstand what genuine momentum is in uh, like in real life and how that transfers to social media. So going back to 2015, when the NDP started to pick up momentum, that was happening on the ground. Yep. That transferred to social media and people who, I'm not calling people uh, willfully ignorant by any means, but I think that there's a, a genuine misunderstanding of how that happened, right? That, that maybe because they weren't involved in politics, they weren't involved in political parties like me, right? In 2015, when I became active in political Twitter, I wasn't involved in a political party. I'd never had a membership. I'd never put the research into voting and things like that. Like it was very different. So when, you could see the momentum on uh, social media. But I guess even at that point, I was slightly aware of the fact that it probably wasn't coming from social media. Um, And then as I learned more about what political parties do, what it takes to win an election, uh, that's when you realize that it didn't start with social media. It moved into social media. And I think there's it's a good possibility there's a lot of people that don't realize that that momentum actually came from the ground, not from social media. Yeah. Well, I mean, the major turning point in the 2015 election was the leaders debate. Well, yeah. Like, like there was a bit of a, uh, a growth in the NDP leading up to it, but not, not forming government. Like I've heard from background sources, like the NDP was striving to become the official opposition. Yes like 12 MLAs from their fourth, like very um, reach goals, but attainable. And, and then Rachel goes into the debate and, you know, you've got robot Brian Jean, which was hashtagging that day. That was the hashtag that night was robot Brian Jean. Um, He, he couldn't say anything except they weren't going to raise taxes. David Swan was a non-entity in that debate. And so it really came down to Rachel and Jim Prentice. And, and Jim was condescending and Rachel schooled him six ways from Sunday. Oh yeah. Including the infamous hashtag math is hard, but Mm -hmm. it didn't start on the internet. It got some legs, (laughs) but, but more people picked up and saw the video 
saw mm-hmm. the debate and said, okay, that was a turning point for them. That's when they decided. But I mean, you know, like, and you can go talk to like Stephen Carter and he says that's been brewing for, you know, a better part of a decade is that they were looking for a reason to dump the PCs. Mm-hmm. Now, be it the Wild Rose or the NDP, that had been brewing in Alberta for quite a while. So this wasn't all of a sudden, you know, we started hashtagging on Twitter a week and a half before the election. Math is hard. And suddenly the NDP won. Like, yeah. it just that's not how it works. Like, you can amplify a little and the comms people can argue about how much you can amplify. But it's still all that work had to be done beforehand. Like the NDP had been fundraising. Like there was a lot of studies that went into the how much did they fundraise before the 2015 election? That was where all that stemmed from. Well, you know, a, a Twitter handle isn't going to generate a million dollars for you. And even if it does, it's going to be way too late. Third right. week of the election. There's nothing you're doing at that point. Uh, unless it's 2012. <laughs> well, 2012, again, that was a turning point because, uh, you know, it, 2012 was when Daniel Smith botched two days in a row. Mm-hmm. And, and that was that was less than a week, right? That was... Oh, they were back to back the next two days in a row. No, no, but it was less than a week before the election. Like, wasn't the election on Tuesday and this was the Thursday, Friday? Yeah. Like, it was just, yeah, yeah it was ridiculously but, close. But um, again, that was had nothing to do with social media. You know, there was some good reporting that came out and then a second video that came out from there. And, you know, that, that, that was the turning point of that election was, you know, we, Alberta was considering Danielle Smith as premier. And then when she didn't act like a leader, they stopped that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that turned on a dime. Yeah. Uh, but then again, that didn't come from, like you said, it didn't come from social media. That was a groundswell of people that said, I can't vote for that. Well, if anything, the, the boo-boo came from social media because Huntsberger yes. wrote, wrote the Lake Fire blog. <laughs> That's right. Yes. So it, it was so- online. Yeah. So, and, and maybe that's really the other thing to point out is like, you know, Twitter doesn't get you ahead, but it can sure put you way behind. Mm-hmm. Yes. Cause, cause people grab screenshots and they, it's like, surprise, we're going to remember this one. Cause you can't delete that tweet if I've got a copy of it. Um, you know, oh, but like, apparently you can say that tweets or sorry, that, that uh, screenshot has been photoshopped. Oh, I'm sure they can be, but, um, but I mean, you know, it's just, you know, like Jason Nixon's going to end up wearing the leopard, uh, never changes oh. the plot. The ratio, the ratio yeah. was good. Well, I didn't, I'm not even getting into the ratio because again, it doesn't matter. Hashtag. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Um, because ratio ratio. Okay. So you ratioed somebody on Twitter and you know what? Nobody on CTV reports on the worst ratio tweet of the day. That and maybe true. I've just maybe I've just given CTV you know a new freaking news item, but um, <laughs> it's nobody cares. You know who cares? The pe- you know the people who are ratioing the government tweets care about that ratio. The yeah. government doesn't care about that ratio because if they did, they'd stop using Twitter because they get ratioed lots. <laughs> but it just doesn't matter. If anything, it's a great way to make sure all your social media warriors are too busy ratioing and not actually fundraising doing something doing things (laughs) you stay on twitter it's okay we'll just keep putting fresh meat in there and you guys can keep playing in the sandbox we're gonna actually meet with people build community find donors figure out how we can run a pack without reporting yeah they have they have a lot of things to actually 
do. Yeah. And it does. I've actually seen a few things uh, on Twitter where it's, where, where that's exactly what it looks like is here, let's keep these slacktivists busy and away from caring about things that matter. Oh yeah. Why, why aren't the slacktivists tearing into the bills? Oh, Steve Buick said something on Twitter. We got to go ratio him. Congratulations, you know, like, and, and Steve and Matt Wolf and all these guys. So it's like, I'm getting paid $200,000 to feed the trolls. Mm -hmm. Awesome. (laughs) I can hold my phone up again and go, Hey, I can feed trolls too. (laughs) But it's, that's, I mean, and this is where, you know, you know, I had my frustrations within the Alberta party, even when I was on the, you know, you know, as the ED at the time, because it's like, you had all these people. It's like, we got to be on Twitter more. No, you have to be on doorsteps more. Yeah. <laughs> you need, you need to actually talk to people and you need to fundraise. And I mean, I'm not even going into the, uh, like I was going to go into the electoral numbers and it's like, no, it really doesn't matter. Cause at the end of the day, we've got one party that raised $7 million last year. And, uh, you know, still somehow ran a deficit. We have another party that ran, you know, they raised, I don't even know what the NDP raised, but it was like, what, three, four, five million dollars mm-hmm. um, and have a sizable, you know, bank account. But they're the socialists who don't know how to run money. And then, you know, the other ones, it's like, we're the fiscally conservative ones. Y- you raised a hundred thousand dollars. Yeah. Like, sorry, guys. <laughs> like, Sorry, but your supporters are too fiscally conservative. Yeah. <laughs> Like it just, I, I mean, I had one guy go, we did a fundraising drive. I had one guy go onto Twitter going, how dare you ask me for money around Christmas? Don't you know I have better things to spend my money on? And I'm like, uh, I don't know if you have, like, I don't know you. This is part of the, the mantra. I don't see anybody going in and complaining about the UCP or the NDP doing fundraising at the end of the year. <laughs> but, but we had this one guy, I won't even say a member because I had to check. And I'm like, I, who is this guy? And it's like, he bought a membership. Oh, well, it'd be about nine years ago now. Mm. Um, then he bought a membership in the Alberta party leadership race. And that was it. There was no record of any donation at any point other than buying a membership. I don't know if he voted because there's no way to track that uh, in the, the CRM. And it's like, wait a minute. You're in Innisfil Sylvan Lake. We had a by-election. Where, Where were, were you? you? <laughs> And you're complaining that I asked you for money at the end of the year. You didn't donate to the by-election to get a Alberta party MLA in your riding. This directly impacted you. That wasn't enough to get you off. You couldn't even tweet at that point. But when we asked you for money, you were online complaining. It's like, are you, are you serious? Like (laughs) this, and that's, and you know, is it willful ignorance or just plain ignorance or people just refusing to understand how the system works, but throwing well, a feed See, I don't know if it's, I'm, I'm going to be more charitable just because when I learned how things worked, I was uh, shocked, actually. Sorry, not having any interest in politics and political parties, uh, prior to 2015 when I didn't pay any attention like you I think that there's this general idea that a political party is this uh halo wearing uh gatekeeper 
of all things that are good. Which, which political party would that be? No, just political party in general, the party part of it. Okay. But what, what I discovered, and just from seeing what people were saying online, and you know this, this kind of general understanding that I picked out from social media, is that people don't understand that parties are run by you know, six people who have the power within the party to do things. Mm -hmm. And that was the biggest shock to me, right? A political party, you think, oh, well, they've got this many members and they're all going to go vote. And what you don't realize is that the most active members are the ones who have an agenda. And the ones who have an agenda may or may not match with the agenda that you have. Your agenda might be, I want good government. That's it. That's my only hope. I don't know much else about political parties. That's what I want. Yet, the reality is that if those six people can manage to take over that board, because there's only 10 members on the board, and now it's run by six of them who have a particular agenda, they're the ones bringing out their supporters to make sure that their policy decisions pass. They're the ones that make sure that the policies they want to see passed are making it into the vote. Yep. So all of these decisions are being made, like I said, by six people. And once you realize that, then the party as a whole doesn't seem to be a gatekeeper for ensuring good governance. Oh, and, no, no. <laughs> Political parties are horrible for that. But Yes, yes. But I think it's, but being outside of them, and that was, I mean, that was one of the things that got me involved because I thought it was different. I stepped down because I saw it wasn't. And it's, it's really changed the way that I view, uh, you know, AGMs and policy conventions. Because when you show up to these things, you suddenly realize, like the first, uh, the inaugural AGM of the United Conservative Party. There was, uh, Wilberforce was there with a table and they were giving out little oh, dots. Oh, okay. That, that, that kind of table. I'm like, oh no, there was more, more than just a table. Oh yeah, pole. yeah. The table. <laughs> there was more than 10 Wilberforce people <laughs> at that meeting. There so. were. And you could tell because they were giving out little stickers. So little, little circle stickers and people were putting those on their name tags to, I guess, show everybody else, right? That was their, that was their armband, except yeah. they were there to be active. Yeah. And so you could, it was astounding to me how many people had these little stickers on their name tags. And I was like, oh, I can tell you who the majority is at this convention. And then they voted for things that they wanted. It was a, it was one group, but they, they were the ones that showed up. 20, what did they say? 2,200 22,000 people, it went up to 2,500, maybe 3,000. But yeah. who was sitting in the policy, the actual policy uh, debate like and eight voting? Or nine, eight or 900 people. That's right. Those. Yeah. yeah. Everybody, so, else, everybody else just showed up to be there. And to party. Because yeah. political well, conventions are fun. I mean, I, I, <laughs> I even remember um, during that convention, um, a colleague or somebody I play squash with, 
uh, was like, oh, we've got this, uh, we're, we're attending this fundraiser for um, one of the nominees. And I'm like, for who? The UCP. And I'm like, why is she not at the convention? Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's Friday night at the convention. There's 2,500 of your closest friends in Red Deer and you're having a fundraiser in Calgary? No, 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 no. Coincidentally, <laughs> she didn't win the nomination. Um, right. <laughs> that, um, that, I mean, there's, there's a level of ignorance and, and it even exists within the parties that, you know, if you're, the, you're running for the nomination and you didn't know you should have been at the convention, um, obviously, you know, there's, there's a challenge there. But I would I'd give them props because at least they tried. They seek the nomination. There was an action. They were doing fundraising. There's an action you know, did, did it get, did they get to where they wanted to be? No, but you know, they probably learned something along the way about how political parties work. And, yeah. <laughs> but the, 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 you know, it's the counter to that. Like even, even like the, the handmaids who showed up wearing the red did something mm-hmm. while they were protesting the convention. I'll, I'll give them props. Cause you showed up. Like even Larry I, Heather was there. I'll never <laughs> he protested he protested greg clark one day he was across he was across the from the campaign office we actually took him a bottle of water because it was a hot day and we're like the last thing we need is harry larry heather <laughs> passing out in front of the freaking campaign office yeah <laughs> but even so again larry heather is an activist He's more of an activist than the slacktivists are. I'll give him that. So there you uh, go. I don't like giving him anything. So <laughs> that issue with the slacktivism is what is the result that you're going for? Um, you know, Larry Heather, I think his name is known all around Calgary. Uh, and, and then some. And then some, exactly. Like people know who he is because he gets out and he does things. And yes, you know. You mean- you may not agree with any of his stances. And really, at the end of the day, Larry's goal is Larry wants to be premier and mayor at the same time. That's, yes, yes. Philosopher King, really. But, but he, you have to give him some props. The guy gets out there. No, I don't have to give him any. <laughs> okay, okay. You have, to, you have to admit that he gets out there. Oh, I'll do that. I'll admit there you that go. he goes out. <laughs> I'll admit he's not a slacktivist. <laughs> there you go. I'm I'm choosing not to encourage such activity. So don't yes. don't be like Larry. So <laughs> So what do slacktivists need to do to actually get that momentum going to to try to be part of if they want to be part of this big movement, what is it that they actually need to do? Well, there's two paths. One Get on, a, get on a cause or political party that you already agree with. So if it's the NDP, the Alberta party, Black Lives Matter, um, you know, Sleeping Giants, doesn't matter. Your local library board. Whatever, yeah, whatever it is. <laughs> the Green Line, you know, like I'm, I'm, you know, I didn't follow it super close, but they did win 14 to 1 and they took out a bunch of money, uh, anti green line, big money people, because they did the things they needed to do. And that was be present, let others know, work your asses off. Right. So, so you can still have a David and Goliath moment. You can be that David, pick your cause, 
get out, put the time in or put the money in. The option, the other path is if you have got a cause and nobody is chasing your cause, you have to go and talk to other people and convince them to join your cause, which also takes time and money Mm -hmm. because you're going to have to set up the website and you're going to have to uh, create the bylaws and you're going to have to uh, go out and talk to people, which is going to be a bunch of coffee meetings or zoom meetings. And so all those things you're going to have to do, and it's going to take time and energy. But if you're not prepared to do those things, then just step away and just don't worry about it because those things are going to move on without you because mm-hmm. they are already. Yeah. So, so stop pretending that you're some sort of woke individual because you changed your avatar or you put a little band around it. You haven't done anything. Wow. I, I, <laughs> I hate this. I really do. Like, like, and it- this comes to from somebody who has been involved and gotten involved for over 30 years. Yeah. So my, my passion is good governance. mm -hmm. You you want to talk about, you know, people always look at me funny and go, how could you have been in the green party and the wild rose back to back? Like those, those parties aren't philosophically aligned. And I'm like, you're right but you're not because at the end of the day, you never bothered asking me what was the cause that brought me there. Mm -hmm. And for me, it was grassroots democracy. Here are people who actually wanted to get more power to the people taking some of that legislative control away from political parties, from that little group of people who are running things and get much more of a broad scope. Same reason I ended up in the Alberta party is because there was these things. But at the end of the day, if you aren't actually out selling memberships, talking to people, doing what you need to do, you'll never change any of those things. And so for 30 years, that's what I did. I sold memberships in every political party I was in. Uh, You know, you're winning internal board elections. I was selling in a town of 300 people. I sold more memberships in a town of 300 people than the guy I was running against that lived in Regina. Like, that's, it's what you had to do. And if you're going to be a candidate, you got to go out and knock, you know, thousands of doors and you got to sell memberships and you got to get people to give you money because otherwise it, you don't get anywhere. So, mm-hmm. you know, where do I go next? Well, of course I'm ranting on a podcast, but, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I've reached out to ask her YYC and said, Hey, you know, how can I help? Mm-hmm. Because those are the, that's how I can put my skill sets to use because I have learned things over 30 years. And right. so if I can make your path easier to get to where you want to be, then. And yeah. so that's, that's, that's what I do. That's my solution. But, and I'm not saying you have to follow me into whatever organization and you don't have to do political parties, but stop wearing the damn armbands. The time it took you to hit the hashtag, you could have made a phone call for your cause. Yeah. So, or licked but, an envelope. Yeah. So (laughs) there isn't a political party that wouldn't take somebody Mm -hmm. or cause in general. Yeah. Cause you don't to, to volunteer for a political party, you don't have to own a membership to volunteer for a cause. There is no membership. Mm -hmm. So, so you don't even have to put that 10 or $20 down or the $1 or whatever the party is at. Um, There is no financial barrier of entry for volunteers. 
That's true. If you don't have the funds to help, to help out an organization, um, you've got time. And mm-hmm. if you don't have time, I don't want to see you on Facebook or Twitter telling me <laughs> how things are going wrong because apparently you did have time. You just didn't prioritize it. And that's, that's the ultimate problem with slacktivism is that you, you, you think you're accomplishing something on social media. You think you're actually, but you're really not. Mm-hmm. It's the end of the day, Jason Kenny doesn't care what you say on Twitter. Should We're not hashtag hurt. firing him either. So, <laughs> or Adriana Lagrange, like none of them care. No, I don't think they do. That'll well, actually even go to the hashtag fire Michelle or um, blocked by Michelle Rempel. You know what? If you don't like Michelle Rempel, if you think she should be more responsive, North Calgary. <laughs> go riding. Go, go knock doors. Go knock doors to the liberals. Or even better, because there will be a, a general election at some point, challenge her for the conservative nomination. Go build a network of people who would rather have you as their MP because it's like barring any type of weirdness, Michelle will be the next MP there again. So if you really want to take her out and have the easy route, then go through the conservative camp, but you're going to have to go and network and you're going to have to talk to people and you're going to have to fundraise and do all those things running around Twitter going, Oh, I've got blocked by Rempel and I don't know what she's saying. Who cares? I don't. (laughs) Chances are you're a bit of an ass. So (laughs) You're blocked. Now, go ahead, support our friend Edwin and buy the shirt. Oh, yeah. Edwin, Edwin would appreciate that. But And, I mean, the artwork is amazing. Oh, yeah. No, all those things are great. But, I mean, at the end of the day, <laughs> you know, Edwin, Edwin's got a few bucks from the shirt sale. Michelle Rempel stays as the MP. You're still blocked. Join us for the lockdown happy hour, fourth person. We've got three. That's right. That's right. I'm, it's It's still up in the air who that fourth person is going to be it could be you donate (laughs) patreon.com slash political rnd it could be you thank you for joining us for another episode of political rnd don't forget to give us a rating on itunes and google play and please consider subscribing on patreon for early access to episodes and more at political rnd (laughs) 